0: Welcome to the ETOP Podcast with your host, Richard Walsh. I'm a 30-year business-owning veteran, creator of the ETOP Academy, and best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the contract's new way to scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. My mission? To help 10,000 business owners create the freedom in their lives to do what they want, when they want, and still be massively successful. Now, let's hit our topic for the day. All right, here on the ETOP podcast with my guest, Nicholas Mendehar. I'm gonna to try to say that right. I probably didn't. Nicholas, you're gonna correct me. We want to get that right. I hate butch from people's names. You got the French or fast name here, which is awesome. But before that, Nicholas is this can be a fascinating topic because it's about wine. Okay, it's about business, but it's about a he solved an incredibly unique issue in the wine selection industry, okay? Because we have all know we've had that bad wine. We've, we don't know really what we want. How is our taste different than someone else's taste? But this is such a fascinating topic, and what Nicholas has created, I'm just really excited to talk about because, again, I love, the the whole key to being a great entrepreneur is solving problems, right? We're looking for problem pools. That's what we call them, problem pools. How do we fix that? How do we be the best at fixing that so that we can then service our customers of the world in fact. so without any further ado Nicholas come on board how you doing today my friend
1: hey happy to be here and thanks for having me you bet Nicholas
0: this is going to be great so I want you to bring us up to speed because there's a lot we're going to talk about so we're going to take our time we're going to get through this but let's bring us up to speed on how you got into this and then kind of get into a little bit about what it actually is and then we're going to break it all down so share that with us
1: yeah well I'm you know as repeat uh, internet entrepreneurs so I like to build new stuff uh, around problems which I have around so this is my fifth company actually and I, I've done a few consumer internet startups in the travel space and recommendation engines and everything which is always about you know advising people and then when I moved to the U.S. six years ago as a Frenchman I thought I knew a lot about wine uh, because I always had a passion for it and I was really annoyed in front of the shelf in the u.s because it was hard for me to choose wines which were not french and obviously in the u.s you have you know largest choice of wines from all over the world and you know despite my knowledge i felt a little bit like an idiot so i just uh, dug into the problem and since i had uh, you know, some kind of knowledge with wine, with data science, and with building apps, I asked my uh, mathematicians and some wine experts if we could build a model which actually would solve the choice problem in wine, so that when you're in front of a shelf, you actually know better what would be the right wine for you and how you would know your taste. And so we came up with a model which uses 200 traits uh, descriptors found in wine, which have different priorities, and with a very specific uh, process to learn about your taste, to explain that to you, and then to match wines accordingly. And that's not a marketing gimmick, as you can see sometimes over the web, such as you know a quiz where you ask if you like dark chocolate, and that would define your taste <laughs> in wine, which... Is complete BS, pardon my French, uh, but it is uh, it, it is how it is. Uh, the, it's, it's it's very hard. There's millions of labels literally in the world. So, uh, you know, we did a serious job about it, about figuring it out. So, um, and it works. Uh, we, we have ratings from our customers. Customers taste blind, which is a very particular thing we do. It's also to avoid the bias of the label, obviously. There's a lot of biases if you already know. And the average rating, which is from one to five, increases by 30% once we have chosen the wines according to the taste. That means that before we know your taste, you're going to have an average rating of 3.2 out of five. And once we know your taste, because you've rated four wines, at least we know some of it, we will ship wines and then the rating goes up to four. That's the average rating out of dozens of thousands of ratings. So I'm talking about real numbers here.
0: I love that. I love that because, you know, it's interesting when you say, so basically they've got to start tasting and rating to build their taste palette, if you will, right? So that you then have a direction to go with this. Is
1: that correct? Absolutely. So it's very simple for the end user. Um, we start with a tasting kit, uh, which is available on uh, our site or app. Uh, our app is Palate Club, P-A-L-A-T-E club.com. And when you have, uh, you receive four half bowls, which are designed specifically, uh, they're very, you know, eclectic, very different wines for blind tasting. So it's actually a very fun thing to do with your friends or spouses or or whatever, you know, four half balls is perfect for four or five people. And you just have to rate them from one to five. You can, of course, cheat and see the label and to put the tissue away. They, they come up basically specifically wrapped with a tissue and a secret bottle number on them. So the rating gives us a lot of information be- because beforehand we have tasted the wines with professional sommeliers and I've entered about 20 to 30 traits in our back end previously so we know a lot about the wine we ship to you which means that you only have to tell us how much you like that bottle so that we start to compute in our model and the beauty of data science and this is where you know it, it is for me it is it is not there to replace the human touch it is more like to enhance it right the beauty of data science is that no matter how much knowledgeable you're about wine or how you know if you're an expert uh, master sommelier uh once you have dozens of thousands of data points, you can see clusters. I know that clusters is not very <laughs> a great name today, but, anyway, but basically this is a word we use. Uh, and we we have defined 10 clusters in red, nine in white, but then there are subcategories. And so we basically put you on the map. It doesn't mean you will like only wines from one cluster. It just means that there is a sort of percentage of match we start to understand towards very different clusters of category of wines. And uh, apparently, of, of course, we know that a few you will, you will not like at all, or you will like very, very less. And then the process continues and we reiterate, which means we're going to start to ship, if, if you became a member, we're going to start to ship wines you like better, but they will still come wrapped with a tissue a secret well number. So you don't know if it's a Chateau du pape or a Napa. You will continue to rate, and then we go more deep into details after 10 to 15 wines depending on the profile we we know a lot about your taste we basically you know we will be able to understand that you like strong acidity with medium tannins but you will like it better if there is a lot of black fruit for instance so it's a combination of of things of course this is why it makes it complicated right it's a combination i love it uh, but you know what i like clusters because they're clusters of grapes right grapes come
0: in clusters yeah. right so that works right so i think it i think it's apropos okay <laughs> i think it i think it works i'm going with that you know and since you mentioned chateau de Pops, they're one of my favorites okay now that's a wine for me i'm just saying is that you can leave that 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 bottle open and the next day it's even better you know leave it open overnight the next day for me it's even better and i mean there's some phenomenal chateau de Pops, but a lot of people haven't had them but they're they're phenomenal. So yeah. Um, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And they're complex it's, too. Uh, Chateauneuf is uh, one of the rare regions uh, which has 13 grapes authorized. Uh, and most of the wines have actually at least three, which is called the, the GSM, Grenache, Syrah, Morven, which makes some uh, wine very complex. So I like that you take that example because uh, typically in a blend, things get way more complicated than just one type of grape, right? And so when people say, oh, I like Chardonnay or I like Pinot, it's already like, it doesn't mean so much because there's
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so many different ways to grow Pinot or Chardonnay in the world, depending on the climate, depending on the choices of the winemaker, et cetera, et cetera, right? But it still means something about the grape. Once you do a blend, like in Chateauneuf, then you're completely lost. So if you don't have, if you don't know a little bit more specific about the wine, there's so many ways to, to do a Chateauneuf uh, you know, it's 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 going to be uh, really different uh, from one to the next. Not to mention there's 270 producers in Châteauneuf du Pape, so multiply with the vintages, mm. different cuvées, and <laughs> that gets really complicated. Right, and it's it's
0: important. And again, you're going. A lot of people are doing them, I and there's you can shop by price, you can shop by label, you can you know shop by recommendation. You know, you've got all these different you know secret methods of choosing your wine you know like i just get lucky a lot of the times. but now i know like my absolute favorite wine is a burgundy okay a real Burgundy, right so i mean that and that's a love hater that's a love or hate people either think it smells like dirt <laughs> or they're like i'm like it's the greatest just the smell of it okay i'm not going to get too wrapped up in this but just the smell of a good burgundy and the big glass is just it's one of life's simple pleasures OK, so it's just I'm just saying that it's it's amazing. OK, so but coming back around to, you know, choosing wine because we get it right. We go into our stores here and the shelves are I mean, they are 40 feet long, 50 feet long, you know, nine shelves high. And you're looking at like an unbelievable selection or you go the a true, you know, wine or liquor store and they've got, you know, nine rows, you know, all the regions, everything else. You don't even know where to begin. So I think that's why this app that you've created in this club, because you ship this as well. So what you do is you're, let me just summarize this real quick, make sure I'm understanding uh, Nicholas, is we figure out my taste, we get the sample box, right? We get, we start that process, right? Then we start doing some more samples and we're putting in our ratings, right? The whole key is to put in my ratings every time I drink the wine, right? And then that, that builds your database. So you can now choose now in that, I'll call it the wine club, well, we, You know, like you get them shipped every month, two bottles, four bottles, whatever it is. You're sending your best recommendations for my taste.
1: Is that correct? Exactly. So it's very simple at the point, you once you have a profile, there are two ways to buy wines from us. One way is not the club, is the, the shop, very classical shop. The difference with any type of other shop is that you will find a percentage of matching for every bottle towards your personal taste. So it's a little bit like Netflix for wine if you want. So because every bottle we have in the shop, you usually have about 200 different bottles of rotating inventory, uh, which by the way, is usually very good value, small producers, mostly organic, mostly sustainable farming type of wine. So we go a long way to get the best uh, value, best product. And you basically will see what we think from a data point of view uh uh, in percentage of match and every bottle has been tasted and been entered in the system so it's actually quite precise already and then you can just pick up right if you don't want to do that or if you rather want us to pick this is where we are very innovative and flexible wine club in in a sense that you just parameter your price point, the number of balls of shipping frequency. You can stop, change the shipping date anytime you want in the app just by simple tap. It's like, we're not cornering you. Like, you know, oh, you have to call us to stop or whatever. You you just change the parameters whenever you want. And then you don't need to choose balls. We choose them for you. So the algorithm basically will choose the balls for you a sommelier verifies that you know it's 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 matching it's, so it's like basically human and 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 algorithmified um, and it, and there's a satisfaction guarantee with it because we consider that if we choose balls for you you have to be 100% guaranteed and guess what because your algorithms work it doesn't happen very often that somebody is not happy um so yeah these are the two ways we do it uh, but to come back to your shelf question because I, I love the shelf because that's like kind of okay you know uh, where you figure out a lot of people think they know or you know they <laughs> to choose themselves which is fine you know if you have fun choosing bottles you should do it uh it's it's just that this is the big and gigantic paradox of the wine industry particularly in the u.s um the shelf can be overwhelming in, in the you know number of balls and choice, but in the end, it's only a very tiny fraction of what is available. So, and that has been chosen by people from the industry. It's a product pushed industry in the sense that wineries will push their product to uh, distributors, which push their product to retailers, and this is how it works in the U.S. It's actually legal has to go that way since 1933 the 21st amendment which defines how alcohol should be distributed in the us so what you see on the shelf has been decided by other people actually have no clue about your taste and of course which all sorts of things whether you know wine critics uh, scores and things like that to help you guide so in some sometimes it makes sense of course i'm not saying all this doesn't make sense i'm just saying this is not Customer-centric, like other type of categories, and you can get lost very quickly. And the reality is that big wine brands try, and usually are not the you know the neither the best value, neither the best farming, or the the, the you know in in things of wine. Usually, the the you know the better it becomes, like smaller productions. Why are Burgundy wines, since you love them so much, the most expensive wines in the world? Well, there is like it's very refined artistry by producer by hill, by cuvee, and and there's only a few of them, right? So uh, once you go on the shelf in a a classical retail, whatever, wine shop, you will see mostly wines from bigger wineries, which where all the people, the middlemen in the supply chain, uh, until the bottle gets to you, have maximized their margin. So if you add that to the fact that it's really hard to choose wine, you have less than 10% chance to actually make a good purchase there, a good bet. Uh, I would say that is even very optimistic. So this is what we're solving. We're not only curating the best wines, we buy straight from the winery and ship to you. We are also matching them to your taste and with satisfaction guarantee. So you basically have the best of the two worlds. And, and that value gets back to you without the hassle of, try, of having to choose. And if you still want to choose, then you can still use the shop. So this is basically my, 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 my way of seeing things. And, and talking about product push, it's actually, I, I would consider we are kind of the only demand driven product in the industry, because it's all about figuring out your personal taste. And once we have, you know, the taste of thousands of our customers, we're actually literally purchasing wines according to the taste of our customers.
0: Yeah, that I, I think that is such an awesome um, point of view, because I'm very not a herd guy. Okay, so I don't like I, I understand marketing, everyone needs marketing, right? But what you're seeing on the shelf, basically, what you're saying is, who's got the best marketing? Okay, and they're able to push that and get it and fill that shelf. They It's free to lay with their chips with the biggest section in the store, or it's, or it's, uh, you know, uh, columbia or what, what name some you know basic wine <laughs> you know they got the big carlos rossi you know they got these gallon jugs sitting there or something like that you know so well who's that for well it's not for me so i gotta move down but i love the aspect that you're you're elevating your customer experience okay so because i used to buy my wife and i we used to go to a french restaurant on our anniversary every year we went there more frequently than that but we knew the chef we knew his wife she's a pastry chef unbelievable we do the we do the seven course with the wine flight right unbelievable and they you know, bright, cool stuff on the plates for us. And it was just an awesome experience, but that was it, right? It was, they chose the wine for us, right? He got to know us. They started choosing that wine for us to go with the food as well. So that's that, that cool experience. When someone actually gets to know you, know your tastes, you know, like you can just, unless it's a white burgundy, I don't want white wine. Okay. I don't like it. All right. So I just, I have one particular white, that's all I'm going to drink. But other than that, we're, you know, we're dealing with reds and everything else, so it was, it's kind of fascinating. So I love what you've done with this because going customer-centric in the wine um, department, I have a winery two miles down the road from me, right? and they're growing their stuff, and it's, it's, it's great. I think it's awesome. I, eh, their wine's okay. You know, it's nothing that great, but, but, but the fact is I can go there and get specialized treatment, right? I can talk to someone. Like you said, you got a yay. You can speak to them. You can get the insight into that bottle you're tasting, and you get a real understanding of it. You're doing this on a grand scale with an app, using AI technology and everything else, and you're able to deliver that same experience maybe even better from a drinking standpoint and an enjoyment standpoint, uh, flavor-wise, taste-wise, on just such a larger scale of this. I love it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. And, and thank you. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm not against on the contrary on going to the winery. I think like uh, a lot of them are passionate people and they do a great job about sharing the experience. And and sometimes knowing, you know, asking the right questions, exactly like the sommelier in the restaurant, and, and giving you actually very good advice, uh, as long as there is a conversation which can go on, and if you have a good experience, I mean, it's it's awesome, right? So th- that's great. Um, I think you know the the as you said, we we have defined a product which is more like you know accessible for everyone, uh, scalable. And which brings the diversity, because unfortunately, the reality is once you go to winery, usually you have always the same wine and you will Mm -hmm. maybe sign up for the wine club in the tasting room, because that day you had a very good moment and and great for you. Right. But then, you know, we figure out two years later and two thousand dollars later that, you know, you have all these wines from the winery. They're always the same. And they're not necessarily the, the the best matching to your taste so so um, so I think you know you choose, you should get wine from different ways if you absolutely love a certain label a certain wine a- and make sure it's you know about the taste uh, then then you should get it from from the winery as well and if you love a great wine which is in a, in a, always a, at the retail store next door you should get it there as well. We are there basically to open much more the market and get, you know, more diversity and the right stuff to you in the most easiest way. And in the process, you learn about your taste. I think that's essential, including that in that restaurant, when you talk with the sommelier, when you talk with the waiter, when you see the list, it's going to be a little bit easier for you to actually say what you like, um, you know, or even on the shelf. You know how most of the people, there's a lot of surveys about that. And it's 98% of the people on the shelf, they uh, would go for you know the price range and then maybe a little bit on the grape and they choose the label, which looks nice. That's how people choose wine, right? And the restaurant, 50% of uh, a wine li- of people choose in the wine list, most of the time, the second cheapest wine because it's expensive in the restaurant and they don't want to sound too cheap. And so they take the second <laughs> cheapest. So it, it's it, I, I mean again I think there are better ways to to choose the best wine for yourself right I, including if sometimes it, it means you have to pay an extra ten bucks but um, you know wine should be a great experience and particularly a shared one so it's also one of our mottos is basically uh, you know wine is great is great to share uh, we are not a company which is like you know into uh, promoting booze and wine is we're more promoting a lifestyle around wine and mm-hmm. the fact that you should enjoy uh, every glass and rather drink quality and not drink too much that's what we are
0: and and i love that because that you know it if you've been into wine as i have you know it, it is it's a it's complimentary to your meal right so you're having a meal you're having it with friends like you said you sure i don't do any drinking alone I sell some drink by myself. I don't drink that much at all, really anymore. But but you know, I do have a good a good glass of wine here and there. Um, And I love to when I'm with friends, we we have some wine, okay. And that's when it's more enjoyable. So to be able to, for me also, I just I know a bit about wine. I love to entertain, break it out. And then when I, what I love about your app too is you get to learn. Not only do you get to enter your data, like you're saying, also now you can kind of choose because you know what you like. Right. And, and things that we like, we want to share right with others. And you might really love this, you know, and then you can you can show them that they like it. They don't like it. Well, check out how I did this. Right. Then they can even share the app. Literally, this is how this works. I mean, it's a great I love it from your standpoint, from a business standpoint. You've got this. It's kind of a social sharing kind of thing. No, it's like we sharing have, a cool uh, app. Or, right?
1: uh, we, we have developed this this uh, couple of features, which are really uh, nice to share. So for instance, uh, you know, there are a lot of people promising stuff about uh, matching, etc. We are actually showing your profile in details with, you know, your responsiveness to all sorts of, Wine descriptors such as acidity, sweetness, or, or tannins, but we're also showing which cluster you belong to. So that's a new feature which comes out this month. And so we we put you know funny names such as you know you're the boss if you like you know very like heavy bold Napa style of wines, or you're the acid tripper if you like you know very acidic and things like that. So then you can compare with with your friends, and you can also compare the percentage of match to the different balls and the percentage of match to what we call the classical wines uh, in the world. So we've divided the world in like 140 different, like very like typical uh, wines. And so that will help you understand where you are, you know, what you will really like and and including in front of a a menu, you know, a bigger wine list you just put out the app and you're going to, you know, know much better um and yeah i mean it's a complicated world honestly if you if, if you uh train for 20 years as a sommelier okay then you really know uh pretty much a lot of things about wine but but it, it's just so complex there's so many things to know that you know uh, it, it should be fun shareable with your friends without the hassle that's what we um aiming
0: well I, I agree totally with that i think also like you said let's you know if you compare your app to a sommelier right that sommelier has to ask the questions to find out what you like. It's not going to do any good. I mean, he's got 20 years of experience. He's just not going to pour you a glass They say, try this. Okay, because then you don't, you know, you'll get the totally thing. It's all acidic and you, you're not, right? Then you're like, hey, I don't like it. Oh, well, here, try it's this. Exactly so, uh, it's really <laughs> hard
1: for a sommelier to actually guess what you like uh, because most people Uh, don't know, or they they mix things. They would say, oh, I like, you know, uh, fruity wine. What is is actually what they like is sweetness. And so uh, uh, for sommelier, it's definitely a very, very different thing. So, um, yeah, the ideal world is that, of course, like palette club is like your personal sommelier. And if you can have on top of that, sometimes a real sommelier, like from our team or from, from the restaurant elsewhere, or even from the shop, using the data you already have from the app and then uh, giving you advice and then, it, then it's great. Uh, and obviously we do that, but you know, you can, you can use, uh, if you're, if, if you have a profile in your member, I mean, uh, you know, I consider it's very normal and, and, and I'm happy that you use that with, with uh, other professionals and uh, wine to get the oh, best that. stuff.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the business aspect of this. Okay. I know one thing we talked about before we jumped on here was shipping. Okay, now everyone, now everyone, everything's free shipping, everything's shipping, I get it in two hours, four hours, next day, whatever it is, right? So it all sounds good. But let's talk about because this is one of the things I'm impressed by what you what you're overcoming. Give us kind of the ins and outs, the ups and downs of shipping internationally, because we're talking wineries from around the world, right? And uh, tell us a little bit about about what you've had to, do to overcome that and what you're in the process of overcoming.
1: Yeah, so shipping and regulations in the U.S. is a very complex topic, so I'm not going to dive into too many details unless I'm going to be boring for your audience, and it's going to be too long anyway. So uh, shipping in the U.S. was not, interstate shipping of wine was not authorized until 2005, and the Supreme Court ruling which said wineries, U.S. wineries can do so uh, to make it simple. And so it started to open this way of all these wine clubs and NAPAC and Chippewas to you. Uh, and and recently there was another Supreme Court ruling in twenty nineteen, uh, Tennessee versus Thomas, which enabled a little bit more. The uh, at least says that retail should as, as well uh, states should uh, should allow interstate shipping. So the market is opening a little bit more. There are very specifics by state. Um, it's not, it's very hard to navigate. In certain states, there's no shipping load at all, uh, including from retailers in the state. So you have to go physically in the store to get your wine. There's no other way. And obviously you're not gonna get the diversity you get online, right? So you're, this is all, th- this has all been, um, is, you know, the legislator are just protecting margins from from from, from local wholesalers or, or retailers uh, and doing that. Uh you have a big penalty to the consumer who is not you know who doesn't access so that doesn't have access to all the inventory so these there are legal battles and lawsuits all over the place because of that and because of these uh, alcohol laws which are almost a century old it's a very complicated thing so shipping internationally is even more complicated when you're talking about direct to consumer right uh, while shipping uh, from business to business for instance when we import wines from France or from Spain that is actually uh, quite the uh, Easy. I mean, the process is 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 um, is well, very well defined. So that's not the, the major issues. The, the real major issue is shipping at home. Then there is another problem: is the cost, right? Cost of shipping now. Shipping wine at home is is very good now. With the major carriers, do a very good job. But it's cost. It costs a lot of money. So you should be very careful because when you get uh, like some offers on the web, like um, six balls for $34 and shipping included, um, since shipping costs four to $6 a ball, depending on the size and depending where you live, et cetera. Um, you should not get those bottles because there's like $1 left for the wine. And it's actually usually bulk juice, uh, which has been bulked for 20 cents a liter and then, you know, bottled and, and there's a lot of offers like that. And they still tell you it's the best wine in the world, whatever. Uh, so the, so shipping wine is bulky, has a cost. When it's included, it means that, you know, it's already factored in the margin. Uh, So if you buy a $30 bottle and you buy 12 of them, a case and shipping is included, that's okay, right? Because it's really factored in the price. But um, you have to consider that, you know, if shipping included, uh, you know, it's there's no such a thing that you would have good wine delivered under twenty dollars. Uh, I would not recommend it. Uh, usually, we go sometimes to seventeen dollars when we really have a good deal. Uh, but underneath that, you're going to get. You you'd rather go to Trader Joe, get that nine dollar bottle. You're gonna get a better deal basically than trying to ship that $12 ball shipping included at home. So everything has a cost. I mean, there is no free meal, as uh, Mendelton Friedman said. So shipping, uh, and by the way, you know, Amazon and all the other e-commerce players have basically instated free shipping for most of the things, but usually the packages are one or two pounds, right? Think of how heavy cases of wines. So of course it's not free. <laughs> in the end, it's the, consumer, the consumer pays it, right? So it is a, it is a, it is a boundary. But let, let's, let's talk, since you're talking about business, the business of wine is moving online in the US at fast pace now. The pandemic of course has given a big kick to that. It was because of the regulations and the shipping costs, it was very late compared to other markets. There was only 2% of the market online before the pandemic, while it's 10% in Europe and 25% in China. So, you know, there's a huge gap in the US because of all these complications of uh, getting your wine at home. Now, this is catching up. And in the next five years, uh, market research says, you know, that about 25% of the wines will actually be sold and, and shipped uh, online. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a moving market. But I think it's just better once you have more in the premium categories above $20 where it makes more sense. That's my point.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I think it's, you're, 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 you've entered at a good time, right? Because this is when you want to, with what you've created, and again, you're you know, it's, it's web-based, it's an online product, it's shipped, things like that. Um, you're, you're in that time when you can grow with the market.
1: Right? So, you can start
0: getting this stuff done and, and, and going from a two percent absolutely five percent.
1: Uh, wine is these type of markets where convenience is not enough to move the customer online, right? So, it's not just about, of course, there are customers moving online just because of convenience, thanks to convenience, like if you're uh, uh, you know, customer uh, of Amazon or Drizzly or whatever, you get your wine for tonight and it's, you know, it's very convenient, but you're not going to get the, the good deal with the good bowl that way. So if you really want good wine and you want to plan a little bit things in advance, uh, this is where we come in. And you're, you, so we're not only solving the convenience factor that is actually really nice to be shipped at home, right? Where something which is bulky and like that at the same time you get the good stuff. So uh, yeah, of course, uh, this is going to be a very uh, fast-growing market, and and timing is of essence, and this is uh, obviously why we choose, uh, on a business point of view, this timing to go in. Yeah, it's really. I think it's very smart. You know, I mean, just to have, and and again, it's that it's.
0: There's times and there's there's product and services they come together sometimes, and the timing is, it's, it's not always planned, but now you have a technology. Right, you have the technology now to create what you've created. This whole taste qualifying kind of thing, and then you have well, shipping is there. You understand the hiccups. You had a pandemic that no one planned, that now move they move the book kick the can down the road a little bit quicker, right? Because now people are, you know, well, so now well, but, people are. Uh,
1: the, the pandemic has basically accelerated the market by, you know, depending on who you're talking to, by one to three years. So it. it it just has moved a lot of people, which you know I had no really like idea to 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 order that way and say, oh, it's actually possible! Oh, it actually works, and it's actually very good experience." Oh, and these guys are bringing even uh, added value to 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 me because they match my taste and the wines are fantastic. So why would I order differently now? You know, so. Of course, it has accelerated has kind of obliged some people to, to think differently. And, you know, when you are a disruptor and you start up and you tr- try to, to shake things, obviously, when things are shaken, a lot of business opportunities and businesses have, have um, benefited from the pandemic um, uh, movement, for sure. Uh, wine is definitely one of them but you know it, w- wine starts from so low i mean when you think about it in 20 years of the internet or 25 years depending when you, where you start only two percent had, had moved online and that's for well, food and beverage in general right you have 15 percent of global uh, consumer goods were sold online in the us uh, that not, doesn't include travel of course but but food before the pandemic and food and and beverages was only two percent so for certain categories, you can understand because, like you know, like water or things which are you know very bulky and low value. Obviously, uh, it's not so so easy to move online, but. Uh, now it's catching up and you know there's no reason in china you have 30 percent of food and beverages already sold online i i read so you know (laughs) it's it's going to 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 be much more it it, it will it won't be 100 percent, but you know in 10 years from now i wouldn't be surprised if 50 percent of 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 the wines are sold online so
0: yeah i yeah i agree with that for sure i know about five years ago it was about five years ago, the total online purchase of all goods, right? Was at seven to 8%. People thinking it's, and 5 years ago, people thinking everything's online. I'm like, it's seven to 8%. That's it. Everything else is brick and mortar. There were online companies buying brick and mortars now. They were going the other way. They were doing both because people were still going to the store like, well, we're missing this whole, you know, we're missing 80, you know, 90 some percent of the market. You know, so we gotta do both, you know. So it's interesting how how it's changed. And, and say it's 30%. That's a huge increase, right? And it's gonna continue that way. Like you said, it's been accelerated a couple of years in the in from 2020. So uh, but again it's so great for someone like you to be in that wave, right? To be because there's been incredible opportunities created from the pandemic. There's been some disaster there's been people who've lost it. I mean that's just that's the market says so, well you know in the Great Depression more millionaires were created then than the other time in our history right so now we have a pandemic and there's again technology there's uh accessibility all this stuff that now comes to fruition that you can capitalize on and you do it and that's awesome
1: yeah i think the pandemic accelerates opportunity you know because it accelerates movement when you have more movement you have more opportunities so Um, there's a lot of of, uh, businesses and sectors, uh, you know, not only wine, which are going to be um, uh, transformed uh, faster through the pandemic. And I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with uh, the the consumer value, what the the customer gets, uh, because this is a business where you want to keep, uh, I mean, there's only value if you have people, you know, for the long run and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, wine is a repeat uh, purchase obviously but, so you you want you, you want to keep them so you have to make them happy <laughs> and there's only one way is if you bring real value to them and this is what uh, what, what what we're doing so it's not just because there's a pandemic and and it's it's, it's more easy or convenient to to order online etc i'm really uh, in the 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 focus of giving value back to the consumer, and this is where wine is very different from so many other businesses in the sense that you have hundred thousand wineries literally in the world, ten thousand in the U.S. alone. It's actually the number of wineries is growing. Uh, it, it, there are, you know, the, the world of, of cheap wine or massive production is consolidating, of course, always, and then the world of good wine is actually fragmented because it's it's it's. It's there's no such thing, you know, it's the only market of that size, if you think about it's more than 300 billion worldwide, with, uh, you know, a billion people drinking wine, which the the biggest player is basically 1% of the market, there's no other consumer market like that. Uh, And so this makes it so complicated to move, you know, online fast to bring the right value uh, for the consumer not being screwed by the industry. Um, And again, this is why I think this is an opportunity. It's also why this is a market which is so late compared to others. You know, when I started my first internet venture, there was in travel in 1999 and in travel at that time, it was like, you know, it was a boom. Of course, everything was moving online. Now it's like 80% of any booking is is online probably. So, and I have the impression that markets like wine is like, you know, exactly like 20 years travel was. So it's just starting to move like uh, with all the actors saying, of course, it's inevitable and, you know, and there's some resistance. Of course, people don't want to lose their positions, Um, but And what I'm the most surprised of, and where I built a little bit of comparison, hotels in 1999 didn't want to move online so quickly. They said, uh, you know, I want to keep my customers, my direct customers, I don't want to, you know, this and that to go through platforms. Wineries on the contrary, I've I've met a lot, obviously recently, uh, embrace technology and because they use it as well. They use it to including, you know, um, in their fields and how, you know, to measure things. And so they understand, and they actually love the data we provide—anonymous data, obviously. We don't, uh, we don't share uh, customer information uh, about taste, but we, we, you know, we tell them, for instance, you know, ten percent of the people like uh, wine that way, and they, 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 they love the idea. So we are in a moment in time where I think all the industries, including such. <laughs> old three thousand year old industries as wine are moving online um, at a faster pace but for the good in general for the benefit of the end consumer and for the industry in general and uh, so yeah and we are a player there doing a data thing which nobody else does so <laughs> obviously uh we, we we're, we're creating value in the process
0: yeah i love that i love two things i love the the customer centric aspect, the value driven. I'm all about value. I teach it constantly. It's like if you don't do that, you're just one of those people that you're going to be a low bid guy. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be just scraping the bottom all the time, trying to get the next month. You know, so I love value. Plus, I just from an integrity standpoint, I want to bring the highest value I possibly can. If my name's attached to it, it's going to be spectacular. Okay, and that's just my philosophy. You know, I also see another cool thing for these wineries. Again, you said they're you know, how you're outsourcing them and how they grow and organic and all this great stuff. But you're like the ultimate salesman for these wineries. okay? I mean, they don't have to hire you. They're not literally paying you commissions. You are offering their service. It's connecting the customer likes. And you're, it's a, it. you're, am I, am I wrong there? You're like this amazing middleman who's like doing this great service for wineries. Those are not
1: people. Don't, don't get me wrong. Wineries, the, the ideal distribution <laughs> system for winery, in most cases, in particular, uh, American wineries who have built all those wine clubs, is to have 100% uh, margin with selling 100% direct to consumer, which are like, you know, they're loyal consumers, and, and that's it. And avoid distribution, avoid giving, you know, lowering your prices, etc. cetera. But that's only a very tiny few can achieve that type of uh, thing. It's usually, you know, very high high end type of wine, small productions, etc. I mean, uh, most of the wineries rely, of course, on on different sort of middlemen. Then it is about, you know, uh, and a mix of distribution, right? So you know, some of them will go partly to restaurants, partly direct, partly internet, and of course now they they know it's moving to the internet much more into online retailers and such. So. The thing is, what is the best mix? You know, What do you really want as a winery? And uh, I, I think we are, we're a great choice for two reasons. Um, one is uh, we actually deliver the, the, your wine as a winery to the consumer which would like it the most. And we'll give you feedback about that. Uh, we basically are a, are a customer feedback loop, which doesn't exist in the industry. Most of the wineries don't have feedback From customers except when it's their loyal wine club members in certain cases but in general they don't know exactly you know so uh that's one thing and the second thing is um uh, you know uh, in many cases wineries don't have access to the u.s market globally to the internet they will have access only to certain states or certain things so or they don't have access at all if they're like from uh you know foreign winery and so it's a good way to uh to 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 grant access to the market. And we also have tools like, you know, and we don't make them pay for that, but you know, we we ask them for videos. And so they introduce themselves, they introduce their wines. So they have a direct uh, relationship with the customer. So we are not like, we don't want to hide or whatever. We're for full transparency, actually, for what is in the bowl. Uh, We just use the blind tasting as a step so that we avoid the bias and because it's fun. But as soon as that is revealed, We think that the customer should have, you know, that relationship with the winery and with the wine. So, yeah, I mean, there are different approaches in the industry. That's ours.
0: I love that. I think I I talk a lot also. I call it LPV, lifetime profitable value that you touched on, right? It's a lifetime of a customer. And it's a, you have a consumable product, right? Which is a beautiful thing. Okay. It's a very beautiful thing. It's meant to be drank. Okay. Let, I always more. say,
1: you know, if, if you are a one, st- one shop where you see the customer once uh, and you want to maximize the margin, right? So if you can do 40, 50% or whatever margin, you, you're going to do it. Uh, I am a business where I'd rather do 15% margin, but keep the customer over three years. I'm going to make way more margin uh, with that customer, which, which, uh, is going to be that that customer is going to be much happier as well in the process because you're going to have the, the the right wine, right? So, um, so yeah, of course, it's a different uh, business, and you can do things online uh, when you bring value in a better way. I think.
0: Yeah, it's very important. Uh, I think people a lot of times early on in the online world, uh, people were just it's just this tool, and you pick something and you get it and there was there was no experience. Okay. You were sick, it was strictly a tool you get in. People hadn't mastered like what you're talking about. Like now you you've taken not what, what I love about this, Nicholas, is you've taken a product, okay, a service is really a service. It's not even, I won't even call it a product, it right? Really you're you're a service, right? Sorry. You're 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 serving them. You've taken that and you've elevated that customer experience to create a lifetime customer for one with with Virtually endless choices, okay, that you can keep repitching, resending. I mean, the the experience can be new almost every time, right? That's kind of the idea. And and and, and that's amazing. That's just, that is longevity.
1: So some of our uh, long-term customers actually tell us that they 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 stay in the club and they like us because of the discovery side, because we always ship like new stuff, you know, because wines, I mean, small, good productions, they expire anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have the same label, which is processed industrially the same way every time. That we don't do. So we have more like, you know, new, new types coming in. And uh, yeah, some people like that aspect more than anything else and then you know when you really like that ball you love that ball, and you rate it five star then you can always get a case you know so it, it's it's uh, i think you you always have to adapt but again there are very specifics with the wine market because of that diversity because of that complexity and uh, you know i think the market has always answered through different marketing gimmicks to try to compensate the global customer ignorance about the vast diversity and complexity of wine, right? If you think about it, it's the only product where you have like 100,000 different wineries, a million different bottles, which are addressed to a a billion consumers and where often in the transaction, neither the seller, the end seller, neither the, the buyer have tasted the product or have tested it. I mean, if you think about it, it's like crazy. The market is completely crazy. So bringing a little bit of transparency into that uh, just makes sense, uh, I think.
0: I, yeah, I, I totally agree. What, let's talk about the future a little bit.
1: You know, like, what, do you, what, what are you
0: seeing? In the next three to five years, if you can go out that far, I know markets change the world. is nuts. What you have, but kind of, what's your, what's your, you know, current prediction on your business in particular, um, perhaps this industry too, uh, three to five years from now? What are you looking at?
1: So uh, there are two answers to that. I don't know how far we can go in wine, whether it's in the U- U.S. or in Europe or other places in the world, but. My best guess is that at least 30, 40% of the market will want exactly our type of service, which means that they want to be taken care of and, you know, and they want a good value in the price range, which is between, let's say, 15 and $50 a ball. They want good stuff, basically, and they want to be taken care of. Well, those people were the best product so far. So, I mean, we're going to have competition, obviously, but, uh, but we're the best. So, I don't know how far we can go there, but we'll go as far as possible. The second answer to your question is it comes from our customers themselves. They want us to do that for chocolate, coffee, tea, whiskey, you name it, right? Uh, cheese. Hmm. Um, so, there is a path for us, and it's also why it's called Palate Club, P-A-L-A-T-E. Hmm. Was raised because some, some people spell it differently uh, because it's not only wine it's actually your your digital personal taste if you want uh, it doesn't really exist right in your smartphone you have everything about fitness and measuring all the, your health and stuff but you have nothing really to measure your taste so we could or uh, want to be that and delivering let's say if you look a little bit further in 5 or 10 years you would have Palate club uh basically shipping all sorts of great foods to you, foods and beverages. Of course, it's on your price point, your frequency, whatever you have chosen. You don't have to take care anymore. You have like great products arriving. Uh, there is some discovery. You actually even monitor the discovery mode right now in our app. And yeah, and then you get great stuff uh, to your taste. Uh, of course, the healthiness factor is going to be a very big development for us. We're going to come up with a healthiness uh, uh, sort of, percentage as well which will be you know the level of alcohol you know whether it's organic or not the level of fitness and these type of things we're going to factor in so i'm not forgetting healthiness at all on the contrary i think this is what people want so you know for us the future is a combination of um ultra personalization uh healthiness as i just said and also the sustainable part and you know everything organic and new experiences uh, that doesn't exist in premium food and beverages. We are just creating in, it in wine, and uh, yeah, if we don't, you know, you talk about real innovation in the future in the food and beverage space, in premium food and beverage space. Uh, this is, I think, what we want. So far, the market moved online, and all the whatever DoorDash and GrabApps and Amazon Prime and stuff. It's convenience. That's it. It's just delivery right. of food, right? That's it uh so we, we we see each other as you know one of the enablers of what could happen next uh, as a much better experience for food and beverage delivery yeah i think it's a it's a
0: fascinating niche okay it can be kind of large but i love the whole growing into the whole food sector like you said i got my wine my cheese i got the right you know you start you start getting these complementary packages I mean, you know, because already you can already buy your meals, right? They come in the, the fresh whatever they call them fresher. They have a, you get a whole box you open it up. They got the meat, they got this, guy You make a meal, right? You're no different, but now you're doing it to their exact taste because I know they don't have that technology, right? You're just getting a T-bone steak, okay? But you know, let's talk about you know you could you start taking that technology, you can you can really have some scalable growth in the future. You can be tapping into that that niche market of these people with the selective taste. Who that matters, right? So you're dealing with with a client whose taste matters. Okay, people who, I always tell people, people who go to McDonald's, they're not there for the taste. They're <laughs> for the speed and the price, okay? That's, that's why they have two drive-thrus now, okay? Because they want to get it and get out fast, has nothing to do with how it tastes. don't know how anyone could even eat that stuff, but they do, okay? So that that's not your market, right? Those people aren't going to be ordered from you, Nicholas, all right? Pretty much, I'm thinking. Okay, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But you've got an incredible niche with, and I also will say, you know, those same people who are concerned about their tastes, who love the wine. That they also have a disposable income level that will match your offerings. You know, so I, I love it. I just love how that's going to parallel as you
1: can scale this into these into these new markets. It's fascinating. I love what you just said because our tagline is "Your taste matters."
0: There you go. There you go. I love it. Yeah. You're not going to see that in Mickey D's. No way. Okay. <laughs> that way. I love it. Nicholas, this has been just awesome. This has been, it's fascinating to me because again, I love new technology that like links something of value. Okay. Cause there's technology that is like, eh, you know, and the, you know, on the phone, you can scroll, you're looking at a bunch of nothing. You're getting zero from it. Cause I tell my son, my kids, I'm like, that's it can either be a tool or a toy. Okay. My phone's a tool. Yours is a toy. Okay, so I want things of value. So I I don't have a lot of apps on my phone because they don't serve me. I don't you know, I I have things that only serve me. So something like that, though, where you get to consume, you know, things that you love and are really, really tailored to your specific tastes and likes and whatever you have. That's just awesome. And to create a business around that, to bring a service to that to me is that's what entrepreneurship is all about. You know, like I said, you're overcoming the little hurdles. You're watching, you're, you're in at the perfect time to scale this business, to grow with, uh, w- with the access to the internet. Not like it was 20 years ago, but a time now where the shipping comes together, the the internet, the drive is there, the need is there. Like you said, the sustainable aspects. There's a lot of cool factors that you're able to have all in this exact time. So I'm just super impressed that whether you planned it all that way. Or it just, it's just, you got the great idea and it all worked together. It, do, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Because it's all no. there. But I just, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to love watching you grow this business. It's going to be absolutely fascinating, you know, and I got to talk to you now. Okay. So I'm in early <laughs> talking about this, but on that well, note, I,
1: I have an announcement to make because since you're talking about that and thank you for your warm uh, feelings about my business is that. Uh, we will, I don't know, by the time that podcast will be live, um, uh, innovation continues with us. And there is a platform which is called FairMint.co, which uses the blockchain to crowdfund companies and basically to enable to be floated, even as a startup. So I will issue Uh, um, uh, about a 10% uh, equity of the company. So anybody can become a shareholder and then trade on the platform basically because that's blockchain enabled. So it's like, it's SEC approved. It's, uh, uh, so we're preparing all that. And which means all the stakeholders uh, such as wineries or, you know, clients, of course, customers, uh, people like us can, you know, can can become shareholders uh, through that. And so um, I think it's a good way to, to to share with the community in general. And I, I think that's also the, the modern way and the modern approach to, uh, you know, it's, money is great uh, and don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, I'm a businessman and I want to make money, but I think the, uh, you don't have to be too greedy anymore. And it's good to share the piece of the pie somehow with those who are involved and those who love you. So. Um I I didn't plan to say that on your show but anyway it's uh, since I'm here and <laughs> you, you said nice things about uh my venture um I um I'm, I'm this is going to be live in July I guess July or and it's going to be right. on my homepage anyway but uh um, uh, yeah, it's also a new stuff. <laughs> a new see, stuff.
0: Now, see, now, see, that's all. See, that's what I'm talking about innovation. That's the key to business success, right? You're constantly innovating, and that I love the crowdfunding aspect of you know the, the shareholder stuff because you again, this I because I love it because you're thinking again about your customer, right? You have the, the customer centric experience, you understand, and these are people who will jump on that because it's okay. part of being it, you know, it's part of being in a club, your pallet club. Right. It's, and that's when you get in a club, well, we help out the other club members. You know, that's, that's exactly. what we do. You know? Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, that that's just, I, I love to see that, man. This is going to be so much fun to watch you just grow this business and see people get involved. It's going to be fantastic. So let's, let's share right now. I'll put all this in the show notes as well. Uh, what's the best, give us a website, a way to follow you, way to get signed up, where to get the app, whatever you want to give now. And of course I'll load the show notes with all the links and everything else. People can get to you real easy that way too.
1: Yeah, very easy. So on the web, it's uh, paletteclub.com. Palette is spelled P-A-L-A-T-E. Club.com. Uh, you can also download the app, iOS or Android, just by typing Palette uh, uh, Club in two words and uh, chase the app there. Uh, I am on Twitter at Mendi, uh, M-E-N-D-I. And you can email me as well, just simply nicholas at paletteclub.com. Nicholas is spelled without an H because I am French. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you can totally. And I always reply with a promo code if somebody wants to try the first tasting kit. I do that with pleasure. Um, so I guess that's it for reaching out. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Again, I have all that in the show notes. This has been, I knew this was going to be a good time. Uh, I just, I mean, I do like wine, but I love talking about the business of this. Okay. Because you don't often get these insights into the wine world. Okay, but then this technology aspect you tied to, this, this is super fascinating to me. You know, I'm sure it is for my audience, too, because I don't, you know, I never pigeonhole businesses in so many levels and so many great things. And there's so many amazing people doing incredible things. Again, taking advantage of opportunities that have been created one way or another, from whether it's the pandemic or whatever back in 0809 was the big crash for us and we i had to re- remake myself then too i had to go through all the stuff so it's always good things that come out on the other side if you're looking for that opportunity and i believe you really found it so congratulations on all this and i just wish you the most success going forward and i'll just it's been a pleasure having you on nicholas
1: thank you so much rich that's really uh very warm and thank you
0: Thank you for listening to the ETOP podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with ETOP on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.